Cheers, dear. Cheers. All right, this is the, the Goulet origin story 2.0. Yes. We, <laughs> truth be told, we intended on wrapping it up on Monday. Didn't do that. We have a lot more to say. So we're going to do that. So we're going to kick off from when we got married at 22. Yes. Talk about what this first couple years of marriage were like and how we created this, the Gooley Pen Company. Yeah, because that honestly, there's like the origin story of us and how we met. And then there's the origin story of how us in our early marriage life created Goulet pens because it is kind of a crazy story. So we got married, uh, as we mentioned, a couple year, a couple months out of college, Virginia Tech. We've been together almost five years because we met in high school. Yep. So we were not new to the idea of being married. Uh, we've been engaged for like three years almost. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, it wasn't I had sudden, even though it was right out of school, it wasn't. We had a sudden. very long engagement, which yeah. I don't recommend. Um, <laughs> I planned and replanned the wedding so many times. We, we had like three different Dates. venues booked in two different cities and yeah, it was dramatic. And, yeah. Anyway. Um, so I had a degree in business management with an HR concentration. And I had a degree in residential property management. So like managing apartment complexes and real estate and stuff like that. So I got a job working as a federal HR specialist, a staffing specialist. So I worked- oh, Sorry, I was falling asleep as you were explaining that. <laughs> She was I, really good at it, I though. I pulled the wagon, dear. She made it exciting. Um, so I worked as a contractor for uh, Department of Homeland Security. Um, the company was actually based out of Northern Virginia, um, and I worked there actually starting the year before I graduated college. I worked during my uh, remotely during my last year of college. Little side note here. So Rachel and I both worked while we were in college. Yes. Which I... Multiple jobs. I personally am a huge proponent of. Mm -hmm. I think it shows a lot of fortitude when you work a job while you're in school. Even though studying is important and all that kind of stuff, man, it really shows a lot to me when somebody's able to work while they're in school. Anyway, so yes, I did like retail jobs and stuff, but like that was a real job. So um, I actually started before I graduated. And then once I graduated, I went kind of full time, got my own training. Yeah. Um, and then when we got married, we moved to Richmond. Well, he was already here. I moved down to Richmond uh, once we got married mm -hmm. and I worked remotely for a year. So I was working 50 hours a week just because I, I loved it and I was I, I really liked my job because yeah, she's a hustler she's I, got a work I am. ethic. I like, can't yeah. I can't help myself she loves to work um, so which I was, is that's part of why we get along so well is we are both like hard driving hard working goal oriented people so it was like we support each other yeah, yeah. exactly well and in fairness you weren't pulling in a lot of money yourself so I took all the <laughs> overtime opportunity I could it's it's an because when you're newly married right out of college you're broke like you don't have any like our yeah, we, we started talking that. about our TV before oh my gosh so the <laughs> just as an example I we, just I just it paints a picture well, of like what... we didn't travel we didn't vacate we didn't go no. out we didn't really have a social life because we're kind of you know we're we have our marriage thing. I worked from home by myself. We had like and I was one friend that. that was my roommate in college who we would go out with every now and then. That was pretty much our whole social network. Um, so our main form of entertainment when we weren't working our tails off was to like watch TV or something. Oh, we, had, we had an Xbox. Yeah, we did have an Xbox that I had from college. So we would play like NCAA football. 2006 so and we stuff had like this that. TV from what, like 1984? It was from 1984. Those, like, deep, big box things because we couldn't afford our own TV. Um, so it was a hand-me-down and oh, we yeah. couldn't afford, we chose not to do cable because we, we again, to save the money. broke. So we had rabbit ears. Yes. We were rapidly trying not to build. Not high def rabbit ears Rapidly either. trying to build our savings. So yeah, we got four and a half channels. And I say a half because. One of them was like pretty fuzzy. 
you could like sort of pick so up the audio. Fuzzy. There, so like, bad. there's this one time, <laughs> and we didn't have like DVR or anything too, so we had to watch what was on. We mentioned the VHS. So mm-hmm. if there's something we liked, we would like have to be home because we couldn't program it. It wasn't, for pro- some it wasn't programmable. <laughs> We'd have to be home. Hit no, the it was not button. a programmable VHS. It was the VHS player from 1984. My dad bought a camera, <laughs> a VHS, you know, player, and a television when I was born in 1984. Which was very new technology at the time. So he was so PBS is one of the channels we got. You're really into New Yankee Workshop um, and uh, David Marks. What was his show? Woodworks. Woodworks. Yeah. Um, so a bunch of woodworking stuff, just kind of as a hobby. He's always been interested. So mm-hmm. I remember like on Saturdays, like all right, we got to get home at one because we got to hit the record. Got to hit button. the record button and watch that New Yankee Workshop. So um, and I remember one time we were. It was a Saturday. We we're trying to find something on TV. We we're watching a game or a, a sporting event. It was golf. I know, but. Well, no, we, we there's th- we, no, there was a different one. We couldn't tell what the sport was. It was true. so fuzzy. It was I remember we were watching, or something. But I remember that one time watching golf, they hit the ball, and we're like, "Where did? Where the? Where's the ball?" Yeah, you know how it like <laughs> traces the ball in the sky and all that, and you're like, "Can't see the ball." And it lands on the green, you're like, "I can't see." No, the ball. it's a different game. It was like on a green field. We couldn't tell if it was football or soccer or anything Cricket else. Or we whatever. couldn't even tell what the scores were, what the teams were. We're like, "All right, we might, we might, we might need a new TV." <laughs> So after one year of marriage, we did save up. He had a friend who worked at Best Buy, got us his employee discounts, and we got, like, a real TV. TV. But, so the first year of marriage, I was working. You went to go power wash for your dad. Yeah, so, like, I I did an internship, like a real estate property management internship, and... Which was required um, to like complete your degree. It was required to complete yeah. my degree because I changed my major late. Um, so I technically didn't get my diploma until the summer after I graduated. They still let me walk, but I got my diploma after my internship. Um, but I had to wear a suit every day. And I, I literally felt like I was dressing up to play a part in like a theater play, like wearing a suit. It just is not me. In 2006, I mean, you guys know what happened with housing and stuff just a couple years later. So the writing was was on the wall. Real estate was at its peak and I was looking around and I was like, this This is going to burn to the ground and I'm going to be a freshly graduated college person with no experience and and I am going to be at the bottom of this pile of embers. (laughs) And so I recognized that. And uh, I, I had like a connection and, and interviewed for like a name your own price job pretty much in yeah. the commercial real estate market. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to power wash houses with my dad with this company he started a year earlier. But you know what? It's, it, he looked at them and you're <clears> like, you know what? It, it's an opportunity to spend time with my dad. Yeah. to run my own business but I didn't have to start it but I still get a little bit of practice for what it's like to kind of run my own franchise of sorts you had to deal with customers and scheduling yeah. you had to maintain your equipment all those things like and you we we I remember driving around putting flyers in mailboxes like I was with you I got a little car sick because <laughs> Rachel gets a little car sick I so. mean I didn't like actually but you know like when you're driving it was a around nauseating experience. for like eight hours putting things in mailboxes and you're driving oh. that's what you do if we didn't have jobs to do we were marketing that was yeah. how it worked so we were trying to get the business off the ground I supported you and all that I was making like 10 bucks an hour as a college grad trying to get this business off the ground and not 10 bucks an hour like 40 hours a week either it was uh, it was so that's why my job was really important. Um, so I did that job for about a year, the federal HR uh, staffing and stuff. And then I had a notion I wanted to do like more IT focused, like programming or something. You're good at that So stuff. I um, took a couple community college classes um, in like, you know, some SQL and some VB and things like that. Um, I actually landed a job at Capital One as a Excel programmer. 
um, like macros and VBA and stuff. I started out as a contractor and then um, they made me permanent after that. So again, I had the stable job while he was, you know. <laughs> well, I was the unstable one. There's <laughs> also, a theme here. You also did carpet cleaning as well. Oh yeah, we did carpet cleaning, power washing, leaf pickup, you name it. We were trying to yeah. get a business off the ground. So we were doing kind of whatever work we could. So right around the time I started, um, was it when I was working for Capital One? Yeah, after I worked for Capital One, um, that's around the time that you got into the pen lathe. Yeah, and this it is, is... We're getting to the... I know we spent like eight, nine minutes here. Like, we haven't gotten like, we'll okay, get where are the pens? We'll get there, we promise. Your perseverance will pay off. Um, so yeah, what happened with me, and you'll notice there's a trend with me. I tend to get kind of focused on something and then I abandon it and get focused on something else. Um, and what happened here is I was doing the power washing thing, trying to get that off the ground with my dad. We were having some early signs of success and it was a sustainable business, but it wasn't like raking it in for me. Right. Um, so I had some downtime. So, cause I couldn't always be passing out flyers or doing whatever. So right. um, in late in the evening and stuff like that in the summer, I was inspired by Norm Abrams with New Yankee Workshop. I wanted to work with wood. I love building stuff, working with my mm -hmm. hands. I have my whole life. And I, you know, couldn't build giant armoires and antique right. style we furniture had a, we had an like Norm was doing. We had an apartment. We had an apartment with a covered balcony. Yeah, I guess so. It actually was before I went to Capital One. It was, yeah. Because that's when we moved into that rental house. It was. Um, so what I ended up doing, I somehow, because... Rachel loves me, was able to I convince her, <laughs> was able to convince her that it was a good idea for me to turn our covered balcony into a workshop. Um, it was probably against our lease policy, you, um, but you I put up put... plastic sheathing so you couldn't really see what was going We're on. Second, second story. I, uh, what, what happened was a lot of it was fueled because I we had- We didn't even um, have power out there. You had to draw, you had to drape extension cords out the window, like we'd crack the I window did. so he could get power out there. I even like pegboard and, and oh, everything. It was, it was a legit, it was the most legit apartment balcony operation you've probably ever seen. We never got complaints. We were like in the back. And, we uh, didn't, yeah. We were we were smart about it, but. So somehow you got this Grizzly catalog, opening it up. Grizzly and you found Tools, this, yep. This Anybody who's in woodworking, you know Grizzly Tools. They have a catalog that's like 300 pages thick. It is just like uh, the Bible for, you know, overseas made tools. So, so I was you flipping found this, this pen lathe and you're like, this is small. I could do this. They have like, you buy these little like kits yeah. of like the, the metal pieces and then you turn yeah, like the, and, and you turn the barrels. Yeah. Um, well, so this was like the, the whole pen section of this catalog was like literally two pages out of the 300 or 350 pages. I don't pages. know how that's what you stumbled across, but that's... Because I read every page of that catalog. <laughs> that's true. And I was like in my mind fantasizing and building my dream workshop. But you know, like a $10,000, you know, riving knife sliding table saw doesn't make sense in an apartment balcony. So I was thinking right. realistically, and we had what no line could of sight I, to buying a house at that point. What could I actually do? So I convinced Rachel that I should get a small pen lathe. And she was like, why? Why are what, you, you going to make pens? And I kind of what, what are we going to do with all the pens? And I kind of sold it to her as, look, you're watching these woodworking shows with me. I'm itching to do something, build something with my Don't hands. Scratchy itch. This is going to be outside. Productive. It's going to be outside. I'm not going to get any dust in the house. And you won't have to hear me talking about it all the time because I'll be out there doing it. And she was like, sold. So 2007, <laughs> it was in the summer because it was really hot and you get really sweaty and sawdust and stuff. Oh yeah, you yeah, like made, 95 degrees. You made your first couple pens. They were like ballpoint twist things. Although we did swap out for gel. It's all, all I knew at the time. Gel rollerball refills. So he made like a dozen or so pens. We're like, okay, that's cool. Yeah. Now what? 
Um, so bef I can't remember if it was before I changed to Capital One or if I was still at the old company, but before my, you changed, yeah. well, it was around that. I think it was actually after because my dad, mm -hmm. my dad was at that company too. So we, we had connections. It was September there. of 2017. I was at Cap One. So, at sorry, point. September of 2007. I was at Cap One. You were? Yeah. Okay. I started after Labor Day because we went to Disney World. So the company that she used to work for, they give out pens as client gifts for Christmas every year. She like, they had um, some corporate clients and stuff. Yeah. So, so somehow got Brian in front of the VP who there, was There the was a VP maker. who was kind of an entrepreneurial, had kind of an entrepreneurial vibe there. So and he, he heard just, I was doing this and was kind of like, hey, this sounds cool. I want to see your pens. He saw the pens. He's like, okay, these are not... The quality's not there yet. He's like, but I see your potential. I see your potential. If, like, you, if you can get it there, this like, was like two or three weeks literally after I'd started making pens. I think they, I had maybe six or seven And they pens. needed what, like a hundred made? Something 120 like that? or something yeah. like that? Yeah, so he's They're like, if you can improve these things, you know, we'll, we'll give you this business. And your parents just so happen to have a laser engraver at the time because your dad, like you, dad, is also a bit of a serial entrepreneur. The nut doesn't fall far from the tree, <laughs> as we like to say. So yes, my parents had bought a laser engraver because there's a story behind that. My parents were in the desktop publishing I, business in we, the 90s. We got to keep the story moving along. Yes. So anyway, my dad was infatuated with the technology. He bought it kind of on spec. So, so they because, just happened to have Because one. of that, we were able to get this corporate order for these pens that would be like individually engraved with people's names this through is such his parents' business. a ridiculous story. So we're <laughs> like, okay, we'll take the order. And we're like, I guess we're a business now. I got to figure out how to make these pens. So we had to, like, he was a sole proprietor. And then we had to figure out like, We okay, need a checking like, account. We got to file taxes. We got to figure out I had out all to teach this. myself QuickBooks because between the two of us, it this defaulted one. to me. Um, so we did, and I set up a web page because um, my dad taught me HTML when I was like 14, 15. This is before Facebook, before like MySpace, all that stuff. Um, and I would oh, yeah. set up like little web pages for me and my friends and stuff. So I knew enough. Um, I'd never done ecom before, but I figured it out. You know, there there were a lot of like you know just start out. Just That's like drag the and drop theme of this stuff. whole business is well, we'll figure it out. <laughs> I don't know QuickBooks. I'll figure it out. I don't know how to do an e-com. I'll figure it out. How do we take payments? Do we need merchant process? Like all, how do we ship? Like all those things. How do we make pens? How do we? What are fountain pens? So we, we set up a website um, for the handmade pens. So these are all rollerballs, and you did dabble a little bit with fountain pens as well. We knew nothing about fountain pens. So we did that for um, a couple of years. You got a corporate order again in two thousand eight. Um, in this is all while I'm doing the power washing, so I'm like yeah. doing this as a side And I'm hustle. working in Capital One, I'm, I'm pulling the wagon. In 2009, um, we got pregnant with our son. I got pregnant, this is a weird way to say it, but we were with child. I made a, I made a contribution. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we were going to have a son in uh, January of 2010. So 2009, I was pregnant. I was still working at Capital One. My plan was to... Uh, take my maternity leave and then go back full go back. time. And Brian was going to be a stay at home stay dad. Stay at home dad. Because we were, for that, ready we were for trying that. to get this his little business off the ground. We got like it was a little two business. or three orders a month, maybe, and we were not nothing. selling them at the price we needed to. Like they, we neither, were we were breaking was, even. We had never we had never paid ourselves anything for that business. No, I mean even the pen. Like we basically ended up selling it for the sum of the materials. Like you weren't even we didn't even sell it for enough to cover your labor. We did a couple craft shows. Um, we even got like Virginia Tech licensed products and we have Virginia Tech pens, Virginia Tech wine bottle stoppers. 
We even attended. Those are super rare products if you happen to find one. We of those. attended, and we had to get like special insurance to get the license. It was a whole thing. I remember. We, it was seventeen hundred dollars a year just to I get the licensing in, insurance. In two thousand nine, the tech products in the summertime because I was like a lot of money then. I was like eight, ten weeks pregnant. I remember we went to Virginia Tech. They had a Virginia Tech wine festival, and we had a booth there. And our thought was. If, like, if we can't sell Virginia Tech wine bottle stoppers, stoppers at a Virginia at, Tech wine festival, then we have no then business we're, being in business. Then we're done. We did not sell any. Goose egg. Um, Goose and I remember because I had like morning sickness and the whole thing. So we're like. It was a beautiful day though. I remember that. So we're like, man, this is just not working. We're doing craft show after craft show. We had the website. We had like build your own pen option. We had all this stuff and it just like wasn't working. So 2009, this would be July, August. Um, a buddy of yours who is also like a local pen maker heard heard mm -hmm. about the DC Fountain Pen Super Show, which is like the biggest fountain pen show which in, in the world. Which in my mind was like another craft show, but yeah, focused we, on we've fountain pens. So I was like, like, okay, cool, I'll go check it out. So they, the two of them went, again, I wasn't feeling well because pregnancy. Um, the two of them went to kind of scope it out to see if next year they would want a table because it was too late to get a table. Yeah. But the idea being like, hey, if this is a this is a bigger show than the ones we've done, like our local church craft bazaar and mm -hmm. things like that. And literally at the time, the only awareness I had of fountain pens was because when you buy are buying kits for making pens, a lot of the pen kits have like a rollerball or a fountain pen front section that you can swap out. So you can buy like either version of the kit. So but you're making like a hollow tube on the outside so the insides yeah. can be swapped. So like it was theoretical to me and I knew that they, they like looked fancy and that was it. Like I didn't know anything more than anyone else. And in the, in the, the pen you kit. You didn't know anything like, about nibs. And like the, the, the craft show pen kit making community, like pretty much nobody knows what fountain pens are or how to use them. They just know that some of them look fancier and people might buy Cartridge them. Cartridge converter, <laughs> what the difference between So I was like, okay, nothing. cool. I'd like to see what is out there. And so I went to that show. So you went and that's where the epiphany happened. If you've never been in DC and we've talked about it before, it is literally the biggest fountain pen show in the world, but it's it is, it was overwhelming. I wasn't there. I heard about it afterwards, but he yeah. came back with just this like direct download of fountain pens. We need to get in fountain pens. Well, and, and I don't know anything about fountain pens. We need to get into it. And you had an interesting experience like buying your first bottle of ink at that show, right? I did. There were several key things that happened in a very short period of time that were really pivotal for us. Um, going to that show, the first thing I noticed was walking in there and seeing the enthusiasm and seeing the community that was around it. That's what was missing for us in the rollerball corporate gift, gift community. There was no community. Because the, the floor had fallen out of that by 2009. Mm -hmm. um, the economy had really kind of sunk. Corporate gifting had really kind of dropped out. Even as our a, normal, as a business. My, my old company that stand in corporate they orders. They stopped placing those orders. Yeah. So we essentially had no, no sales pipeline anymore no. so we, it, we i was called, kind we, of desperate going to that show we called the business the sinking ship because yeah. we were literally acquiring like more materials and things than we were selling and we weren't selling them at the price we really needed to because so, people weren't willing to pay it right it's but not that we didn't know what we were doing it's that we could not sell them at we that tried price. custom options we tried making stuff so it was it was not looking good and here i am pregnant also, we had a new house, a very small, like we bought our first house. We thought we were buying Fixer it. Upper. We thought we were buying at the dip. It was not the dip as we found out later when we sold it for a loss. Um, but it needed a ton of work. Oh my gosh. Like we had septic projects. We had insulation projects. We redid the kitchen. The bathroom. Painted everything. I just all needed, I needed to spend like 30 seconds talking about the downstairs bathroom because I was, Why not? We're already 20 minutes into it. What the heck? I know. We had a bathroom downstairs and it had a 
tub but no shower. Time check. I know, I know, I know, I know, I just, but I'm saying like, you gotta, I'm painting the picture for how this business started. The intention was to put in a shower because that was going to be our bedroom, like downstairs. Simple enough. With that bathroom and there was no shower. Yeah, I can do that. I'll figure it out. I, I can't even describe how one thing led to another, but at some point in my pregnancy, The walls I'm, were plaster. I'll say that. If yeah. you've ever worked with plaster, you know. Well, it was just things were tiled over tile. Anyway, at one point I'm standing there, I'm pregnant. I'm looking at the dirt under our house. It, the whole thing ended up being gutted. It was a Had whole thing. Had to rewire plumbing everything. So, uh, meanwhile, I'm having to like, go upstairs every time I need to go to the bathroom when you're pregnant, there's a lot. Um, so we had that renovation going on while we're trying to get this pen business off the ground while I'm working my main job. We're like, what is our plan here? Like this, this, this thing you have going on here? Like, so that, that's why you were gonna be a stay-at-home dad. Yeah. Because I literally did not have a plan. So the DC show, Epiphany, we need to get into fountain pens, went home, got online, joined the Fountain Pen Network, which was like the big forum at the time. Oh, the other thing you're going to say about the show is it was very much an older crowd. There was nobody young there at all. Yes. And you looked around and you said, so this is going to die how, off if no said, one new comes in. How are younger folks like me supposed to learn about these pens? Well, that's the thing. You wanted them. to learn about fountain pens, but there's like no one teaching it. Okay. So we got home. We got online. We tried to get all the information we could. Um, we just couldn't, you know, there wasn't anyone like really teaching it in a way that was attainable. So Social like, media was in its infancy, still so coming into its own. through the forums, we realized that there was a demand for nice paper and ink, but there was no one on e-commerce in 2009 who was really specializing or doing it well. Mm -hmm. So our plan was to add some paper and ink to our handmade pens in hopes that it would bring enough people in and then they would see our pens and they'd be amazing and then that business would take off. So in November, okay of November of 2009, um, we got our first shipment from Execlair. It was like the Urban Inks and yep. Rodia, Clairefontaine, that sort of thing. We launched, we had several orders that night. We're like, oh, this is cool. We had this little ding that would go off anytime mm -hmm. an order came in. And what ended up happening was people loved the paper and the ink Nobody really wanted Believe our pens. pens. And they gave us honest feedback. Like, they really weren't suited for a uh, fountain pen enthusiast. So three years worth of investment of time and skills and tools and everything. The whole workshop was dedicated to making pens. And we had to decide relatively quickly after that time that we're not going to make pens anymore. We're going to focus on learning about fountain Meanwhile, pens. Meanwhile, had the kid, went on maternity leave, decided not to go back to Capital One because in my maternity leave I realized I my job um, and I and so we gave ourselves till the end of the year we're like look we'll go all in together yeah. we have some savings at this point um, you know we borrowed a little bit from your parents just to like get an or you know a purchase order place or whatever but yep. we Paid decided to go all three in. months that's the only debt we've ever taken in this business and I hated it I hated the feeling of owing anybody anything especially my parents but they love us and support us so. and I did get like 10 hours a week remote for my old company yeah um, just to just to get food on the table and diapers, you know? But I mean, literally, that was it. It was kind of a wing and a prayer. It was like jumping off the cliff and growing our wings as we fell. And we did, and we are 27 minutes into this video, so we really need to wrap it up as our whole leadership team is waiting for us to yes, have indeed. our leadership stand up. The main theme, though, with this whole thing, and we share this whole backstory, <laughs> number one, 
please don't follow our exact path no. <laughs> to figure it out. But the overall theme, part of it is, you know, we worked really hard, working really hard, following passion that supporting is, your that, spouse. Is, that is practical at the time. We never took on debt. We never took risk. We were never in true jeopardy of us or our family while we were doing this. It was borderline. It was risky, but all the risk was on us and our own ability to work to make it happen. And we just, in our guts, believed that we could do it. And we did it. So, you know. Here we are. That's, Almost that's 10 years, ultimately what it is. And we later. got really freaking lucky. We just got really lucky with the timing and all the things that worked it's out. The opportunity, all the, all the things. So, combined. it's a pretty crazy story. We've told pretty much most of it now. Obviously. There's always more details, always more story for another day. There is indeed, but we've. We're very told you a lot of it today. Hope you enjoy that. So anyway, Rachel and I are very nostalgic this week, thinking about our 13th anniversary, and we hope you've enjoyed a little insight into the craziness that was the origin story of our marriage and Goulet pens. So thanks for watching. If you like this video (laughs) and you want more like it, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Thanks so much for watching, and right right on. on.